0: Um, I'm I'm curious. I'm going to do a little opinion poll here. How many of you at home still have a landline? Oh, wow. I'm surprised. We got rid of ours. How how many of you have a cell phone? I want to see children and youth. Boy, it goes, people younger and younger getting cell phones today. I grew up in the country, and we were on a party line. This does not mean you were having a party. (laughs) It meant there were several households that all shared the same land line. There were times that you'd pick up, and there'd be people talking there, and you couldn't dial out because people were there. So things have really changed, haven't they, about the call. Um, I wanted to talk today about the call from uh, Jeremiah at the beginning of his ministry, how he came to understand God's movement in his life, at the beginning of a school year. So to see how God is calling us, uh, each of us, to different kinds of ministries. Uh, Do you know about this, that God's call upon your life? Uh, It's not just to ordain ministry to a person like me, but I think each of us are called by God to do something to fulfill part of God's plan. And sometimes that's being a student, and sometimes it's being a teacher, sometimes it's being a parent. Sometimes it's being an administrator. Uh, Sometimes it's having a career. Sometimes it's being retired. Uh, Just all different kinds of things. Sometimes it's called to be in mission. I know Tommy has taken a bunch of medical supplies over to Louisiana where he has some family. And I know the fellowship class. We're we're called to do these kinds of things by God. God has plans for us. Is that true? God has plans for us? Do, do you think there's a call? I mean, I know parents have plans for us. Can I get an amen here? Uh, huh? uh, and and big people, authority figures have, have plans for us? Yes? Um, I mean, I know my dad did. I was supposed to go to A&M because he went to A&M, right? And I know that uh, he wanted me to take over the farm. And God had another call for me. Big people have plans for us, but God has plans for us also. Jeremiah was studying to be a priest like his father. He was going to follow in his father's footsteps and do that. But God had other plans for him. God called him to be a prophet. Now, you may think a prophet is a future teller, but to me, a prophet is a truth teller. Telling the people what they need to hear for that moment. That was God's call upon his life. Um, Jeremiah didn't want to fulfill this call. He had all kinds of excuses. As we do, we know our limitations, right? We know our failings and our shortcomings. And Jeremiah says, I don't know how to speak. And I'm too young. Nobody will pay any attention to me. And the funny thing about this God is, God always has a rejection for our objections. (laughs) this, This pesky God just won't give up and keeps calling and calling so that we will fulfill God's plans for us and for this creation. This God says to Jeremiah, I send you. I put my words in your mouth and I will be with you and I will deliver you. Uh, Boys and girls, as you go back to school, here's a breath prayer for you. God says to you, I will be with you, and I will deliver you. Maybe say that to yourself. Hear that? I will be with you, and I will deliver you. I love the prophet Jeremiah. He's called the weeping prophet. He didn't just tell the truth and and walk away. He stayed with the people, and he went through everything that they went through. It was a very tumultuous time in Israel's history. All of their bases of security were being destroyed. The temple, their capital city, Jerusalem, invading armies. And Jeremiah was the one who brought hope in the most hopeless situations, when these invading armies were coming in, he bought ground. <laughs> he brought land right where the armies were coming in. He said, there's going to be a future with hope. I'm demonstrating it by taking out this deed, this property right here. I love what it says there in the 29th chapter, 29th chapter the 11th verse. That verse many of us have memorized. God Through Jeremiah says that, I come not for your harm, but for your welfare, to give you a future with hope. And this is what we're called to do, is to live into that kind of plan for God. How do you know if it is God's call and not just the pizza you ate? How how do you know? Huh? Huh? So, I have some hints for that. Um, I was reading an article that came over the internet this past week that was very helpful, and it said, we always want more information. Can I get an amen here? We, you know, if I just had more data, then I would know exactly what to do. The problem with that, uh, on one side, is you can become paralyzed. It, I, I, you'll never have enough data, Right? There's the other part, and that is, well, I don't need data, and I'm just going to make a decision from my gut. I'm just going to be reckless about this. Is there some other way to know what is God's call upon your life? And this article had a very good conclusion to it, and it said, to live the life of faith in Christian community, come to worship, read the Bible, pray, be accountable to one another, be in service and mission to others, It's funny what happens when you're in that kind of stream. It seems like God's call is clear to you. It's it's just life in Christ, right? This this is what we do here is we develop better listening and and looking for God's call when we are in this stream of faith. It's it's living into what Jesus said that the reign of God is, is breaking in all around us. And rain is spelled R E I G N, <laughs> not that other rain that we've been having lately. And I like this other word. Instead of kingdom, some people have been talking about kingdom, K I N D O M, that we're all related to one another, living into that kind of reality. And we get a clear picture of God's call upon our lives. I want to make this real personal at this point that I have been practicing this for a, a long time, this kind of discerning about God's call upon my life. And I need to tell you where I'm being called to next, and that I, that is I'm being called into retirement. Okay, good. Nobody clapped. Okay, that was good. <laughs> I, I, I was afraid that there's going to be... Okay, thank you. Uh, but you're so young, Pastor Lynn. Well, thank you. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> Uh, So it won't be immediate. This will be in June of 2017, and at that time I'll be 64 years of age. I will have had 39 years of ordained ministry, and I will have been your pastor for 10 years. I was looking it up. Jeremiah served 40 years as a prophet under uh, five kings. I will have been under five bishops at that time. I thought there was a lot of congruence here. And then I know uh, you're saying this, you're saying, but Pastor Lynn, you look so good, so healthy. And uh, thank you for saying that. And uh, uh, y'all are so talkative here this morning. And so here's the deal. Uh, I've been uh, pretty transparent with you that I've had cancer twice, about, oh, nineteen, twenty 19, 20 months apart, cancer of the tongue. And um, things like that get my attention, you know? So uh, i you know. There's another piece that you don't know I've shared with a few of you, and that is I'm pre-diabetic. And you you look at me and you say, that's not fair and that's not right. I I agree with you there. My, my, my My dad had type 2 diabetes. That's adult onset diabetes. And I've always been good about my health, about diet and exercise. But there's a number called A1C. It's a marker for your blood glucose over three months average. And mine has been creeping up and creeping up in spite of this. And a year ago, it was at 6.4. 6.5 is diabetic, okay? And uh, so over the last year, I really ramped it up <laughs> diet and exercise. And in June of this year, it was 6.1. Yay, thank you. Yeah, huh? So, but it's stuff like this that gets my attention say, you know, I, I, there's some health issues going on here. Um, and then I know you're saying, but we haven't done it this way where the pastor tells us months and months and months ahead of time that they're leaving and pastors, usually the bishop's appointing them and they're going to another church and stuff. We haven't had a pastor go into retirement. Well, that's true. And, and uh, I don't know how this is going to go. I've never retired before. <laughs> um, so my, my job, my calling with you is to walk with you for this season in the church's life because... You haven't done it before. I haven't done it before. Uh, let's do it together. Um, what did uh, the prophet Jeremiah or God say to Jeremiah? He said, I will be with you uh, to deliver you. Uh, I give you a future with hope. So please know I've been in great discernment with my wife, Kathy. I want to stay married. And she, she retired three years ago. And so we've had a lot of conversation about this, a lot of prayer I've talked to financial advisors. Uh, I had a discernment group in this church. I had four people that have been in prayer with me for a year and a half or more. Um, I was going to retire two years ago, and uh, we, uh, we discerned that it wasn't quite time for that. Um, I've talked to a spiritual director, family systems guy. I've been visiting with a counselor, Kathy and I have. So please know I have a lot of feelings and a lot of relational stuff going on, but I will try not to dump that on you in worship. I will try to do that with appropriate people and appropriate places and ways, okay? And I'll try to model for you um, how you can be called even to retirement. I've worked with leadership in the church, our staff parish relations group, and uh, Some others, uh, uh, so I I just need to tell you today that this is going to happen in June of 2017. And I know you're asking, what are you going to do next? Boy, y'all are really talkative today. Where's (laughs) where's all this coming from? And the answer answer is, I don't know. Um, So another friend of mine who happens to be a counselor uses a great word. She says dabble, dabble a lot. Uh, Don't just make a firm, concrete decision right now. I like that word. So I've been dabbling. I've become certified as a personal fitness trainer. Uh, Yeah, thank you. Uh, And um, I'm involved with a travel ministry called Educational Opportunities. Going to go to Cuba here in October. Um, I still love doing spiritual direction. Direction with candidates for ministry. I love building homes with Habitat for Humanity. So um, there's, I don't know, but I'm dabbling into it. This is a good process for you to follow also, is to get confirmed in your calling, is to try out some things and see if it fits, okay? Again, and again, I'm trying to model for you uh, about listening for God, looking for God and God's call upon your life. So you may be a guest with us, and you say, uh, you've been visiting a lot with us, and you say, "But Pastor Lynn, we really like you. We don't want you to move." We... And thank you for saying that.. <laughs> so so <laughs> Here's the thing: You don't join a pastor. You join a community. And my, my calling to you is to help you find that place of, of belonging with a, a small group where you can read the Bible, where you can pray with some people, where you can serve with some other folks. And the church has gone on a long time before I got here, it'll go on a long time after I leave. And you, you become part of a community. That's, that's the thing. You, you know that passage that said, Give you a future with hope. Uh, it's, it's one of those y'all passages, all right? It's not, it, we always take it as about, it's just me personally, but God says, I'm creating a community. Um, I'll give y'all a future with hope. I've had two coaches in this process. One is named Ralph. He helped us with the Healthy Church Initiative. Ralph is a former military guy, and, and when I talked to him, he said, in the military, we talked about it like this. He said, don't be a road. I said, A road? R O A D. He said, "Retired on active duty." <laughs> oh, okay, I get that. So, please know I'm not going to just bail on you. I'm I'm here, you know, through end of June. And then I have another coach. His name is David. He's a, a Presbyterian pastor who coaches about retirement. <laughs> he had he said, uh, "What do you want to preach about in this this time that you have left?" I said, "Well, I'm thinking about going back to my uh, credo that I wrote in seminary back in the." 1970s and and updating that and just showing how my theological beliefs had changed over these uh, almost 40 years. He goes, don't do that. (laughs) He said, who do you think you are? (laughs) Karl Barth? (laughs) Rudolf Bultmann? Walter Brueggemann? He goes, nobody wants to hear that. He said, man, I hear one or two of your thoughts. He said, thank you for laughing because I had to laugh too. I took myself so seriously, so seriously. So he said, do this. He said, celebrate. Give thanks for all the ministry that you've done together with God's help. This, this God who says, I, I'm calling you to build up and to plant and to have a future with hope. He said, celebrate. And then he said, anticipate. So work on the vision and and the leadership that is to follow you. I've had two of my pastor colleagues who followed me and their point where I served and they came after me and they said, you made it easiest of any place that we've ever been. I want to do that for whoever comes here next. That's what I'm called to do. One last thing because, oh, a couple of... A couple more things. So I have a friend of mine who's the son of a United Methodist pastor, very engaged with the church still. And he said that when his pastor was announcing his retirement, he said, I only have four months and three weeks and two days and 17 minutes. And it was like this, you know, I can't wait to, to leave. Kind of, you know, I don't have that feeling at all. I have exactly the opposite. There's an urgency in me. I only have this much time left to tell you good news about Jesus Christ. I don't know how many there are. I've been afraid to count, but I do know it's limited. And I I really want to get this across, that God loves you. And I understand that best through Jesus Christ. Uh, I hope to do that well. So here's the Olympics example, because I know the Olympics are closing up today, right? They're running the marathon, like right now maybe, the men's marathon, I had this example I've been saving for a long time. 1968 Mexico City Men's Marathon. There's one runner who comes in after all the others have finished. He's from Tanzania. There's just a handful of people in the stadium when he crosses the finish line. They clap and cheer him on. He comes across tired. And they say to him, Why didn't you just, you know, step step away? And he said this, my country did not send me here to start the race. My country sent me here to finish the race. My calling is this, my God did not send me here to start the ministry. My God sent me here to finish the ministry. I want to do this piece as well. Okay? Here's the good news I have to share with you this day. This God I believe in has called us to build up and to plant. This God came not for harm, but for our welfare, to give us a future with hope. Amen.